you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Now, I've told you that a couple of times over the last few weeks that I love math. I, I, I like math. I'm a numbers guy. So you're no, you know that about me now. You're still coming back, and so that's a good thing. Um, but have I told you that I love Mondays? Probably have, but I'm telling you again, just to remind you. See, Mondays is, is my Sabbath day. It's the day of the week that I try to not do any work that I normally do through the rest of the week. And so a lot of times what that means is I'm doing things outside that involve physical activity. You know, I like to get outside because that stuff refreshes my soul. And a couple of Mondays ago, we, we had a nice weather Monday. And so I thought, I'm going to get outside. I'm going to enjoy the sunshine. I'm going to do some yard work. And I got out there, and in the backyard, there was a couple of branches that had blown over out of a tree. It was a dead tree. They blew into the yard, made a big mess. So I thought, I'm just going to go out there, and I'm going to clean up these branches. So I, I, uh, I had to go down into the basement because these were bigger branches than my, than my tree trimmer you know, thing would, would take care of. Uh, so I need to go out in the basement and get a tool to take care of the job because there's a right tool for every job. You know, you know that, right? So I want to, I got some tools in this box up here in case you're wondering what this is all about. And I'm going to pull them out and I, you guys got to guess which tool was the right tool for the job. Which one, which one I used. So, all right. So, um, here is, here's the first tool. Okay. A little, this is a saw. It cuts wood. Okay, coping saw. I think maybe it's still used today in some areas of the world. Um, so a little, little coping saw. Um, then I got, you know, this saw. You know, I, I could have done it, you know, with this one. I, you can play these, right? <laughs> All right, so that's probably not it, right? Uh, okay, and then I've got, I got this one. So you think that's it, right? Now, I realize this doesn't take a lot of testosterone to run. You know, it, it's an electric chainsaw, but it did get the job done. I was able to get the, the branches cleaned up. So, so that was the right tool for the job because what's it made for? It's made for cutting big limbs and trees, right? Uh, why is this not the tool? Cuts wood. It would take forever. The job still would not be done if I used... This one, and, you know, same, same goes for this. This is not the right tool for the job. It is, this is made for little nice cuts on trim and stuff. Okay, so one more thing to show you in this, in this box. What is this? Now, the correct answer is a birdhouse. I get that, but work with me here. <laughs> it's a church. What is this made for? What's the purpose of the church? (laughs) To multiply. Yeah. (laughs) That's what our purpose is. It's it's to multiply. And we've been talking about that uh, for six weeks. And so the last week we really looked at how personally we can be involved in the multiplication operation. Right? And it was all about love. How we personally can love people. We, a love that sees, love that acts, a love that speaks. And so it was all about, you know, personally, how do we do this? But now, today, I want to talk about what do we do all together to be a multiplying church? What can we do to fulfill the purpose that God has given to us to multiply disciples? And to do that, we're going to look at one of the first churches that ever existed in the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 11 is where you you want to be. And we're going to read uh, some verses in there. And then we're going to skip 12 and we're going to read some verses in Acts chapter 13. So Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 19 to 30. And then Acts 13, verses 1 to 4. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. 
But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Now in in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine all over the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Now over to chapter 13. Now there were in in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so glad to be able to to read your word today, to read the history of how the church began and the way that your spirit moved. And, you know, as Thanksgiving approaches, um, we pray that, that our hearts would be filled with gratitude for this wonderful, amazing spiritual book that you've given us to know you and to know how to live for you. And I pray today as we talk about being a multiplying church, Lord, that, that you would stir in us to follow your example here in the book of Acts that your Holy Spirit would move in the same ways in us and through us right here uh, to be part of your multiplication operation. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, some exciting things are going on in, in these verses here. Uh, the church is, is just getting started, really, in the, in the book of Acts. And uh, in these chapters, there's some cool things happening. So the community church of Jerusalem was the first one to form. Okay, the community church of Jerusalem. And it, it gets going. It has, it has thousands of members now. And, and they're uh, now a threat to the, the Jewish establishment. And so that also means that they're in trouble with Rome, the Roman authority. Now, verse 19 there in Acts 11 says that the people were being scattered... Uh, Because of the persecution that was happening. Now any time man starts to attack the church, attack Christians, God uses that to begin to spread the gospel to different places. So that word, scattered, it wasn't just a a random scattering of, of people, you know, running. It was God. He was doing that. See, the light of the gospel had pooled in Jerusalem. And he was moving people out using that persecution that man was trying to to use to stop the gospel from spreading. It it, it would be just like uh, when you jump in a puddle. You know, can you remember being a puddle jumper? You know, all the water pools into one place and you come up to that and you see it and you just have to jump in it. So what happens when you jump in it? Splash, water goes everywhere. Not a lot of water, little drops of water all over the place. This is what's happening. God is jumping in the puddle of light in Jerusalem and he's sending light, the light of the gospel out to all the different regions, very strategically sending them. So, um, Antioch was one of the places that one of those, uh, one of those drops of light went to. And now Antioch was a pretty significant city. It had about a half a million people in it. So it was like the third largest city uh, after Rome and Alexandria. So it's a strategic spot to get a church started. 
The multipliers from Jerusalem, uh, they went out and it says they were speaking the word to the Jews as they went. What was the word that they were speaking? Jesus. That was the word. They were telling Jews about Jesus. They were spreading the good news because they had a love that speaks. Then it said that there were men of Cyprus and Cyrene that ended up in Antioch. And there they first started speaking to uh, Greek-speaking non-Jews. That's what the Hellenists are. They're, there are non-Jews that speak Greek or Gentiles. Hellenists, Gentiles, Greek, non-Jews. That's what that means. So verse 21, it gives us this play-by-play of what happened. It said, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great many number believed and turned to the Lord. So that means they're no longer worshiping in the temples of the Greek guards of Artemis and Hercules that were in Antioch. Um, they had turned away from this idol worship, and they, they were now following Jesus in this, in this relationship uh, with God. And so the report of what happened in Antioch got all the way back to Jerusalem, and they show us what a multiplying church does. They send. A multiplying church is a church that sends. So they send this guy named Barnabas to provide leadership to the community church of Antioch. Who was Barnabas? Well, he first uh, shows up in Acts chapter 4, but he was a native of Cyprus. And so that means he could probably speak some Greek. So he had some skills to be able to, to go to Antioch. So in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 36, there's a description there and some beautiful detail about what was going on in the church, in the community church of Jerusalem at the time. So it was just beautiful what the Holy Spirit was doing. Barnabas shows up <clears throat> and he sells a field that he owns and he gives all the money to support the church. So all of it goes to to supporting these guys. And over the next three to seven years, kind of in this range, he becomes this trusted disciple of the leaders in Jerusalem, of the leaders of that church. Now he shows up again in Acts chapter 9, where he brings Saul. Remember when Saul showed up in Jerusalem and the church was afraid of him because of his reputation? But Barnabas came alongside and said, hey... This guy's okay. He's a multiplier. You got you to listen to his story. And the church received him in. Why? Because Barnabas was a trusted guy. He he'd proved himself as a faithful disciple. See, Barnabas' name when he was born wasn't Barnabas. It was Joseph. And he earned the name Barnabas by serving the leaders of the community church of Jerusalem. And so they gave him the nickname Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So now in AD 41, it's about 10 years later from after he first showed up in Acts 4, he is given this assignment in Acts 11 to go to Antioch because of his reputation, because he says he was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith. He was the son of encouragement. He needs to go and he needs to encourage this new church that started in Antioch. If we are going to be a multiplying church, we've got to be a church that sends. We've got to be a church that sends. Now here, every week that we gather, we are training, we are teaching, we are encouraging, we are challenging, so that you will see yourself as one that is being sent, you know, sent out to this world to be that uh, point of light for the kingdom of God. So in our efforts to reach the world, you know, our vision together, following Jesus, reaching the world, we don't want to forget the world that's right outside our front door. Okay, that's, that's our first place uh, to serve. And when God's hand is upon us and the Holy Spirit is moving in us, he will send us. And so what you have to do is you have to think, you have to think about your life at Living Streams this way, okay? You can't think that it's always going to be this way. You know what? I love it this way. I love our church. I love the way we sing. I love the way we greet and welcome people in here. Every time a new person comes, they say, you know what? I I felt like family from the first Sunday. I can't make you do that. That's God loving people through you. I love that about us. I think we can continue that as we grow. But we cannot hold on to what we have so tightly that we're not available to what God wants to do Uh, through us for such a time as this. See, if you're faithful, if you're willing, 
If you're full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith, you need to hold things loosely here. Because I promise you, God will move you. Now, he might not move you to some other region. He might just move you to a different place of ministry in the church. And if you're holding on to things too tightly, if you're holding on to your plow too tightly, you won't be able to say yes to what he wants you to do. You know, that's one reason why a church always needs to be multiplying. Because it should always be sending. It should always be sending. And if we try to hold on to what we've got, I promise you, God will shake us up. He will, he will send us whether we like it or not. And those aren't fun sendings. We want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in what he wants to do. You know, it happened to our family back at Brookville Road. When we, were, we were there and we were serving. And it had been, uh, I mean, we loved it there. And God shook us, our family up, and called us to plant living streams. And then he did that to some other families you know, and they came with us. And here we are today, um, and it's a beautiful thing to see. I'm praying he does the same thing right here. I'm praying the Holy Spirit will move in us just like he did. It's how he's working in Acts, and it's how he still works today. He, he sends. So do you see yourself as being a sent one? You know, I was reminded in our membership class that we finished up last Wednesday night, 2 Corinthians 5.20, this verse. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And so ambassadors, they are official representatives of a country to a, a foreign country. You know, so they're sent by their country to speak on behalf of the leadership of their country to other foreign leaders. And so we got to remember that this great country of ours is really not our home, is it? We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That is our home. And God has given us an official position as an ambassador of Christ. And so we are sent to speak for him, to plead with people, to come back to God and be reconciled to him through Jesus We are plan A to get that done. There is no plan B. We're ambassadors. And when we do that kind of work, we're cooperating and being a multiplying church. Now, one of our missionaries that we have supported since the very beginning of our church is Pastor Manubai Makwan. And he is here with us with his wife, Roshan, and his nephew, Robin Makwan. And uh, we're so glad to have them here with us this morning. You know, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, God sent Maquan here to the States from India to reach Indians. And so he started to do that. And while, he's, while he was doing that, he also was reaching Indians in India. <laughs> it's kind of amazing how God, how God is working. And here's the thing. The hand of the Lord has been on him and is on him today and there are a great many number who have turned to the lord from idol worship to following jesus in a living relationship with god i mean it sounds a lot like the book of acts you know he has started 11 house churches here in the states and 14 house churches in india in the last 10 years and of that we know of around 30 people have have turned from the Hindu religion to following Jesus. And that's just a great thing to be a part. I mean, just like Barnabas saw the grace of God when he got to Antioch, we see the grace of God in Pastor Maquan's ministry. And it's so great to be a part of his work there that God is doing you know, through him. So next weekend, Friday? This Wednesday? Okay, so Wednesday... Pastor Maquan is going to get on a plane and he's going to go to India for two months. So he's going to spend Thanksgiving on an airplane. <laughs> um, but uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to have him come up and share about what's happening in his ministry and what he's been going to plan on doing when he gets over there. But, you know, he's going to be evangelizing, discipling, and encouraging these new churches. So come on up, Pastor. 
praise the lord when we worship we have to shout loudly then we say oh lord say we are alive we are not dead you know praise the lord praise the lord <laughs> that's good <laughs> i'm very happy that lord has given me an opportunity to be part of living stream community church from the beginning uh, pastor greg and you are supporting me uh, you, uh, many people knows about my life and about my ministry how i came here so i, I cannot often say everything but those who are new i want to let you know that in 15th may 2008 the lord me and my wife and my children we came here in america and uh, we started our ministry uh, com- uh, brookulo community church pastor hubert he somebody told him about me and he Uh, came to meet me and he called me his church he called the elders they heard my story and they said we will support you macwan and uh, from that day i am connecting with community churches in india i was a pastor of methodist church uh, last in india when i was there is 18 years i was pastoring different church in india when i was there i i built like that building eight church five pastor house in indian money i beat that god has given me good gift to raise the fund in india but when when i knew that i built i built the building and later on i heard that nobody the worshipers are not coming to church they excited to build the church but they don't excited to worship the lord if they have time that they will come christmas Easter, I said, why I labor to build the church like that? I have to build the church, man's heart. Bible says, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Don't you know your body is temple of living God? Our body is temple of living God. So God wants to live in us. Not this, build, this building is worship but come together and, and uh, worship the Lord and pray together. This is a place of fellowship with Lord and fellowship. with his people so i am so happy that god given me uh, when god called me to come here and i started my work with 1 dollar with 1 dollar i came america and how god opened the door and i started my work and now as pastor said about the 11 home church we call home group people meet in the home uh, not just like church but i am handling everything i am training them uh, how to pray how to read bible uh, like that in india now not only 14 now we have 16 church now we have grown so multiplying so i am very happy that every year i used to go india pastor greg came two or three time he came uh, one time uh, brother mike came and we enjoyed there and now this time i'm going for two months uh, uh first i will go one month ahead my wife pastor hubert tania and stephanie they will join uh, join with me on december 28 and then we are going to have a leadership seminar bible study a lot of work we are going to do so i'm going ahead uh, two purpose one is uh, uh i am going to visit the all my home group all home church i am going to visit them uh, meet personally go their home and uh, and teach more bible and when pastor hubert and roshan everybody will come then we have seminars seminars inviting people and uh, we are going to train some people to go as a missionary that was my goal to Uh, lead them and send them as a pastor very good pastor he preaching so this time praise the lord we are going to uh, one couple we are going to anoint him as a missionary go for missionary so uh, we are having one uh, on january uh, january 3rd we are going to uh, appoint one couple for mission work and uh, pastor hubert he will anoint him 
we we are, we are going to pray and send him for mission <laughs> so this is a with faith community fellowship so you have supported now we are i am going to have sending others to support so we are very happy and a uh, uh, lot of work see harvest is plenty but laborers are few souls is soul everywhere when i go to hear mayor i will talk to any people see everywhere i never keep quiet i just tell everyone hey do you know jesus but that was my passion because if i don't say something i i feel that god has given mouth and not using <laughs> i have to say something about god about the love of god and i'm very happy yesterday we had wonderful uh, indian program pastor greg came and there was one lady came lydia abbot she is a american singer and she sang in white house uh, washington dc with a donald trump and that lady i met her in one auction i met her and i, I said what do you do that i buy things i sell and whatever profit comes i give money to missions <laughs> that was wonderful lady and the lady every year she goes to india now she is building one uh, uh, orphan home there so i met her and i i invite her to come my fellowship she came she given wonderful testimony she has a heart for the lord she goes to china she goes to mexico japan india everywhere to only preach the gospel young girl she speaks three language and she uh, she sang in my indian language she sang the song what a wonderful lady so i praise the lord and uh, i want to say thank you so much my dear brother and sister because of your prayer just now mom was telling me when i am every day praying and i be careful there because i know please pray there is one american missionary in india they put in jail so he is in jail so i am planning to visit him and uh, encourage him go something to help him so pray for me so there are things everywhere persecution is there trouble is there it doesn't mean that we stop the gospel thing oh people will persecute oh, no problem man my jesus suffered for me <laughs> i'm ready to go in jail i'm ready to die for jesus but i want to live for jesus is <laughs> as many years god gives me life is that's why i always speak that uh, paul says to me live is christ and die is gain we want to live for jesus because as just now pastor greg mentioned very good one thing we are ambassador for christ our home is heaven earthly home is just staying here temporary when we die everything will go away <laughs> but our home god built that home that home is forever and john chapter 14 verse 1 verses do not trouble your heart i i i have come here and i am going back to my fathers i am going to come back and i will come and take you there with me where i am living you will be with me do you want to stay with jesus you want to live then you have to love him trust him follow him and serve him then you will get reward from the lord somebody has five talent somebody has two three or two whatever talent use for multiplying for jesus one dollar multiplies five do you know your one dollar you are helping one dollar to us or five whatever you that help us to multiply the church bring people to jesus so i am really thank you thank you my brother and sister and pastor i really thank you so much and uh, just pray for me pray for my wife and my family i love jesus and we want to do something for him because jesus is coming soon we don't know when but we have to be ready we have to be ready any time voice will come we have to be ready we, we want to beat him mm-hmm. thank you brother we're going to pray for you at the end is that right okay, okay. thank you all right thank you
He's uh, amazing. I've learned a lot from uh, Pastor Matt Kwan, and um, I'm really glad you're here, man. I don't really often get encouragement in the middle of my message, you know. So I, I, I appreciate that more than you know, my friend. <laughs> so uh, we are, uh, are going to send him off here at the end of the service. And uh, if you would like, he's going by faith. He's not fully funded. So if you'd like to contribute to his trip, you can do that. You know, just check to the church and Indian Mission in the in the com- comment or online. You can put comments on there if you want to give to Pastor Maquan's trip. It'll go right to him and right uh, right to the the front line of where it happens. <laughs> So, a multiplying church is a church that sends. It's also a church that, that supports. So, Barnabas, he takes up the lead pastor role at the community church of Antioch. And so, he sees all these Greek Gentiles that have no Jewish background, and now they need to, they've believed in Christ, turned to him, following him, but they need to be taught. And he's the encourager. He's the son of encouragement. So, he needs to go find a teacher, and what does he do? He goes and finds Saul of Tarsus, the best teacher he knows. So he goes and hires Saul to be the associate pastor of the Community Church of Antioch, associate teaching pastor there. Wow, that would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, you know, when you think about that, I mean, they were, they were there. It says they taught him a whole year, a whole year of how, uh, how to follow Christ. And um, <clears throat> new believers need that kind of support. You know, they need people to come around them who are older than them in the Lord, and they need to teach them how to follow Christ. They need to know what he said. They need to know what he did and understand all that. They need to know how to read the Bible. They need to learn how to pray. They need to learn how to love love and live their lives with a cross on their back. All, all of those things. That's what pastor's going to go, and he's going to teach all these new believers how to follow Christ. You know, it says there at the end of verse 26, in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. You know what Christians means? Literally, it means follower of Christ or little Christ. And so that's what we're doing. A multiplying church provides that kind of support to new Christians. And then as you keep reading in that chapter, you get on to the end, you see another kind of support. Luke, who's the author, tells us about that. A multiplying church provides a different kind of support. See, prophets were coming down from Jerusalem, and one of them was named Agabus, and he in, by the Spirit, told the church there that there was this famine that was coming over the whole world, which was the term for the whole region. And he says that happened in the days of Claudius. Um, and so that would have been around the years 45 to 47, if we can trust our historians. And so the disciples of Antioch, they hear this prophecy and they get it in their heart to, to send some support, to send some relief to the church in Judea. And so that's another kind of support that they sent. Now, all of what we're reading about in the book of Acts, it it is all just Holy Spirit-led activity. You know, there wasn't like a bookstore that the disciples of the church of Antioch went to and bought, hey, here's how to do church, here's your church manual. No, they're just following their heart. The Holy Spirit's leading in them. And so we're seeing how God wants his children to live in in the world. And so when we hear about people suffering in the world, um, God wants his people to send relief, to send support. And if we look around at, at our world, we can sure see a lot of places to send support. There's a lot of physical suffering. In fact, probably every week we could we could find a new place to send support to help. So how do we know where to send it? That's a good question. Uh, and it's not, it's not always easy. But I believe God's still working the same as he did back in, in Antioch where he sent Agabus to tell the church, hey, this is a problem, it's coming. And then he led the church to send support to that problem. He's going to do the same thing here. He will lead us to people and to situations where he wants living stream support to go. I believe he's been doing that all along. Over the years, we've been led to, to support people beyond Pastor Maquan who are uh, relieving physical and spiritual suffering in, in the world. Um, Pastor Maquan, one of those, Felipe and Valerie Colby, they're working in Honduras with his eyes, that ministry. 
And so they're, they're showing God's love to the people that come. I mean, they see hundreds of people um, every day at their medical clinic, and they do all of that in Jesus' name. Um, we heard about a guy named David Taylor a few years ago. And we, uh, I mean, he's this martial, martial arts guy, and he's in Brazil. And we sort of scratched our heads like, is this guy... Is this guy, you know, a missionary? What, how's this Jesus and martial arts work together? But in, in Brazil, martial arts is this huge draw. And so David providing martial arts classes that he, you know, brings people in. He shares Jesus with them. He shares about how to follow him. God's using him to draw people that the church down there would never, would never reach. And so World Renewal Brazil, which is the umbrella that he works under, in that ministry down there, they use him to start new churches, to, to lead impact outreach events in communities. And they, he's even been asked to come into the public schools to do MMA classes in the schools because they see a change in the behavior in the kids. So he's got this, this great ministry going on. I got a video from David just to give you a glimpse into what's going on lately down there in Brazil with him. So let's check this out. You know something, God, God's doing something when you get a bunch of hardened uh, criminals that are men doing hand motions to the song. I mean, something's good, good has got to be happening down there. I mean, can you imagine? He's literally being punched and kicked every week by people who want to kill their mom for Jesus. I mean, he's just pretty amazing. I went, I met him last year, went to Crystallandia and was part of one of those classes. And, you know, he's wrestling these guys and, you know, they're just off the street after being convicted of some, some crime that's, that's pretty brutal. So he's really having a great impact there in that community. And, and we get to be a part of that by sending uh, our support to him. So how do we do that? We do that through faith promise giving. And we've been talking about that over the last several weeks, and we hope you've been praying about how God would have you participate in that in, in 2020. You know, God has just been birthing in me. So ever since we put that map up there in the back, God's just been birthing in me this vision to grow our missions ministry, our support network to places all over the world so that literally um, Living Streams missions ministry never has the sun going down on it, that it's somewhere in the world. There's somebody working for Christ uh, because that, that we're sending support for. And, you know, I really, I really believe as God grows our church and as he grows our hearts toward gospel work in the world, that we're going to see that vision become a reality. Now, we're going to skip over this great chapter, Acts chapter 12, God's rescue of Peter out of prison. And we're going to jump to the Acts 13. And look at those uh, four verses there. Because a, a multiplying church not only sends and supports, it also prays. It also prays. Nothing that happened in Acts happened without people praying. Um, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples at a prayer meeting in Acts chapter 2. And so that's the pattern. God uses the prayers of his people and the Holy Spirit works there. And in some mysterious way, things start to happen, and so that's the same way. It's working the same way today. Uh, so we see there in Acts 13, there's this group of leaders in Antioch, and they're together. They're worshiping and they're praying and they're fasting, seeking the Lord. And the Holy Spirit speaks to them. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to do. And so they laid their hands on them, and then they sent them off. Now you have to realize what this five-year-old church just did they just sent their senior pastor and their associate pastor away that doesn't happen unless god is doing something unless god is on the move that is classic gospel behavior right there we'll take up this mantle you guys go and spread the good news doesn't happen unless the holy spirit is at work and that happens when god's people start praying together uh, as a body of believers in 1949 uh, there george and elizabeth wood were american missionaries in northwest china and tibet and they were forced to leave the country and go back to the states well there was this local leader there named pastor mung and he uh, took over the church that they had started which was about 200 people well, the Woods came back, and by 1985, they had both passed away, and they never knew what happened to this church that they had started. 
Then three years later, almost 40 years after his parents left China, their son George went back to meet Pastor Meng and find out what happened. Those, those two, got, two in China, Pastor Meng and his wife, were now in their 80s. So for 28 years of the life of this church, the communist government tried to snuff it out. They put Pastor Meng in jail for nine of those years for his faith. They wouldn't allow him to preach. It was illegal to baptize or indoctrinate anyone under the age of 18. Well, the government finally let Pastor Meng out of prison. He reopened the church in 1983, and he had 30 people in attendance at the first meeting. So George, the, the son of the missionaries, he assumed this church was sort of on its last leg when he showed up. And he said, well, Pastor Mung, how many believers do you have today? And his wife got up and she went and she got this cardboard, this stack of cardboard. It was all wrapped in yarn and she brought it to him and set it in his lap. And he unwrapped the yarn. He looked at the first page and it had five columns on it of, of a name, age, gender, occupation, and um, address. So there was about 20 names on the front of this first piece of cardboard. He flipped it over and then there was another 20. And he flipped it over and another 20. And he just kept going. He said, Pastor Monk, how many people do you have? And he said, we have 1,500 baptized believers. And, and George says, like, how? And Pastor Monk, he just smiled and he shared his secret for church growth. He said, it's not a, it's not a technique or a program. He just smiled. He says, you know, Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. And we just pray a lot. And so then he went on to tell George all about what had happened, all about what the Lord had done. Pastor, Pastor Mung, he died in 2006 at the age of 96. And the number of baptized believers was 15,000. I promise you, stream, if we will pray together, we'll be a multiplying church. We'll be a multiplying church. So in 2020, we're going we're gonna to start asking you to come together probably once a month uh, to spend some time doing just that, just a, a meeting uh, to pray uh, for the multiplying work to happen uh, through, our, through our church. And so um, I think even possibly we, we might start the year with a corporate time of seeking the Lord with fasting. So we'll see if we can figure that out. But, you know, I think about this, and I, I know that the prayer meetings are typically not the most well-attended in, in a church. But I was thinking, you know, if we want to be a church that multiplies, if we want to be a church that looks like the churches in Acts, if we want to see people believe in Jesus, if we want to see the grace of God revealed in our midst, like Barnabas saw it there in Antioch, we need to be a church that prays. And I think that's where we should go. We got some exciting things coming in 2020. You know, we're sending a team of people down to Brazil to take part in their gospel work there for a week. We're excited about that. We need to be praying for that right now. In, in August of 2020, we're hoping to start a second service here. And, uh, you know, we need to be getting in prayer and asking God to establish the work of our hands as we do that. You know, this community is exploding. You can see it all, all around. New houses everywhere. And so we are going to take a step of faith to make more room for those people to come and be a part of our church. And so if, if we get on our knees, that is the place where the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will, he will set apart you for work that he wants you to do in this multiplication effort. You know, some of you are going to be called to start a small group. Right now, I think we have four really great small groups that operate. But if we have more people, we need more small groups. So we need, I'd say, four more. We need four people to step up and say, I'll do that. And most likely, you're in one of those four small groups. And so that means you've got to leave your small group to be able to do that. Would God call you to do that? I don't know. He might. Would you be willing to do it if he called? We're going to need people in the nursery, people to teach upstream. We're going to need people to help organize our mercy ministry. My plate is about, oh, probably about this big. (laughs) I can't add to it. If we grow, we need you to step in there and help. How's God going to do that? He's going to call you through prayer. 
as we get together to do that. I tell you, for such a time as this, this is where we start. We start by praying together and seeing where the Lord will lead us. You know, I just I don't want to lead us to just be a bigger church. I want us I want to lead us to have a bigger faith and a bigger heart for missions and a bigger impact in the world. That's where I want to lead us. I believe that's what the Bible shows us. So what is God looking for for from his church in McCordsville called Living Streams Community Church? What's he looking for? He's looking for us to send and support and pray. That's where we are. So I'm praying we exercise our faith together to be the city on a hill right here in McCordsville. God put us right here. Wonderful place to be. We can shine for him. I'm hoping that we'll we'll do that together. Let's have our worship team come back up. So we're wrapping up Multiply uh, today, and next week we're gonna we're gonna start a Christmas series called Keeping Christ in Christmas. But before we do that, we're gonna close our service, sending, supporting, and praying. So I'm gonna have our elders come up. We're gonna pray over our missionaries. I'm going to ask Pastor Maquan and Roshan to come up. After we get done praying, Pastor, I want you to pray for us to be a multiplying church. Yeah, if you want to come up, you can come on up. So just agree with us in prayer, would you, as we, as we pray for our, our missionaries. And um, we'll see if we can do this. Heavenly Father, we thank you, first of all, for the gospel. And, uh, we thank you for Jesus Christ for uh, being our Savior and willing to come and die on the cross for our sins, Lord Father. And, and Lord Father, as, as you want us to go out into this world, Lord, I, I, I just look up uh, and thank you for, for David Taylor and for his ministry there in Brazil. And Lord Father, I lift him up to you and pray that you just continue to use him for your glory. Pray for his uh, ministry uh, through martial arts, Lord. Mm-hmm. This for what that little thing that that you are just doing there, and you're changing men's attitudes, their their lives through Christ. And and Lord, I just pray that you just continue to open the doors through that ministry there. Mm-hmm. I pray for uh, his support, Lord. I pray for uh, that you would just work on the heart of your people to provide the funds that you can just use, continue to use him there in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And Lord Father, I pray for his family and, and him for protection, uh, that you would just keep Satan away from their ministry, mm-hmm. that you would just encourage them and support them and lift each other up, uh, that they can continue to do the work that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. I thank you for that, and I just give you the praise for that in Christ's name. Heavenly Father, I pray over Felipe Colbe and his wife Valerie and um, what they're doing in Honduras with His Eyes Ministry, Father. And I, first of all, I just thank you for the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit you've given that um, Felipe to to find a way to begin to sustain the ministry uh, that's there, Father, um, through something so simple as coffee beans, Father. Uh, mm-hmm. Father, I would just pray that you would watch over those crops, that you would multiply the beans, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that you would give them the support that yes, they need yes, to operate, yes. um, not, not only through us, but through, um, through that uh, opportunity. But Father, mm-hmm. just as we want those beans to multiply, we want to multiply the faith that is being spread um, mm-hmm. um, through them in their ministries. And Father, I'll pray specifically over a couple of them. Father, the, the milk project, that mm-hmm. they, where they bring children in and they give them food mm-hmm. and they fill them. And then they fill them with the Spirit, Father, mm-hmm. through your word, uh, and raising children up uh, in, in knowing you, Father. And what a blessing. And, Father, we pray that the Spirit would be present in those children and that they mm-hmm. would multiply as well. Mm-hmm. And then through their uh, medical missions and through the eyes um, and through their um, clothes.
clinic, mm-hmm. the opportunity that they have to serve people who normally wouldn't have that type of care, Father. Um, what a blessing, and then what an opportunity to turn and say, Father, it's only through the, through your work, um, through you, that these things are provided for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a blessing to provide uh, that for those folks. And finally, Father, um, with their church plants and the opportunity that they have to build churches and mm-hmm. to spread the gospel to those in the community who come. Mm-hmm. Father, I pray over their family, um, who mm-hmm. obviously taken from here and, and willingly went and followed you there, Father. Uh, it's a difficult path to follow, mm-hmm. uh, but you have called them and they have gone, Father. So we pray Thank over you. them. We ask you to sustain them, and we ask you to multiply um, your followers there, Father. Mm-hmm. What a joy it is, Lord, to pray over our, our brother. Uh, Pastor Maquan and and Roshan, and so thankful for his passion, Lord, for you, and to share Jesus with anybody he comes into uh, contact with. And Lord, he's getting ready to get on an airplane and head over uh, to India, and so we want to just lift him up to you and give him uh, safe travels, Father, and pray all the connections would uh, work. And uh, we pray, Lord, when he gets there, that he'd find a, a church that is excited about you, um, that's one that is so hungry to learn and, and grow. We pray your Holy Spirit has been working on hearts, and they've been uh, shining their light air, there and as they uh, living in their different places. Uh, pray that Pastor, when he goes, will not only be teaching the, the new Christians, but leading others to know you, Lord. Um, give him power. Uh, give him protection. Uh, bring around him uh, an army of people, Lord, uh, to support the work. We pray that uh, for the, the prayer support um, that would happen for him, because we know that without that, uh, the darkness wins. So, Lord, we pray uh, that uh, your light would shine through him and cast out the darkness uh, that's there in the places that he'll be. Uh, Lord, thank you for the ministry you've given them. We we actually especially want to pray over them as they are celebrated the 34th wedding anniversary yesterday. So thankful for the, the couple that you've brought together uh, in you, Lord, and the way they've given their lives uh, to serve you. So we pray that this year coming up would be the greatest year of Faith Community Fellowship and the greatest fruit that they've ever seen as they labor in your harvest fields, Lord. We love them and we thank you, Lord, for letting us be a part of what you're doing uh, through him. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, God. You are the Lord who plants the church. You said, I will build my church. And evil force should not attack on them. So, God, thank you, God, you plant the Living Stream Community Church. Mm-hmm. This is your church mm-hmm. and your people who are worshiping. Mm-hmm. So, God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. God, pour your Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on this church. Yes, Lord. Fill this place and please fill your people mm-hmm. with your spirit. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, this church is multiplying church. Mm-hmm. And God, we may be in many, this church may be in many, 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 many souls. Oh, God, you bless this church and around the new community is coming up. So, God, let all new community come here. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, living stream community church, people are, who are thirsty, they need living water that Jesus gave. Jesus, you told to woman at the well, Samaritan, Mm-hmm. That in this water, anyone drinks, they will feel thirsty again. Mm-hmm. But if I give water, they won't feel thirsty again. Mm-hmm. So God, we pray that the people may come here. Yes. They feel that they they fulfill their thirst here. They enjoy the fellowship here. They bless God. You bless the church, bless the pastor Greg, bless the elders of this church, and bless everyone. Thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you.